When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, welcome to Ask Us Anything, where Pop Psy answers questions as tiny and personal as why pimple popping is so darn satisfying and as far out and ginormous as what space smells like. I'm Chelsea B. Coombs, Pop Psy's social editor. And I'm Jess Bodie, multimedia editor here at Pop Psy and producer of Ask Us Anything. Chelsea, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Jess. I, for one, am ready to welcome our chatbot overlords (laughs) by talking all about them. Yeah, 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 of course. I'm really stoked to hear about the bots. Um, Before we do that, as a reminder, this is our second episode from this year out of four total. Each one syncs up with our quarterly pop side digital issue. Uh, Our theme this time is fake. So it's all about things that aren't completely real and what it means to exist in that strange gray area between fact and fiction. So if you'd like to see those stories, you can head on over to popside.com slash popside dash plus for more info. I'll put that in the description of the episode too. But anyway, Chelsea is here to talk about a very special story from the issue. It's a piece written by our very own Charlotte Hu, assistant technology editor here at Popside. Chelsea, Do you want to explain what exactly we'll be talking about today? Yes. So today we'll be dissecting the chatbot, you know, like ChatGPT, Bard, and there's a lot more that are popping up basically every day. So how do they work? And more importantly, what's the best way to use them to our advantage? Amazing. Yeah. I can't wait to learn more. I loved talking to Smarter Child on AIM. Oh, back yeah. In the day. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. That's, so, that's my shit. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if like that exactly qualifies as a chatbot like it would today, but mm-hmm. yeah. Now I love messing with ChatGPT and I'll even have it write my grocery list sometimes, which is surprisingly oh, useful. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I hate writing grocery lists. So. What a pain. The, like, I know. Let, let the chatbot do it, right? Exactly. I think it's the perfect use for it. But anyway, we'll hear all about this and more after the break. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify. The global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Okay, we're back. And before we get into it, I think it's important to ask, what even is a chatbot? Good question to start off. So these are AI programs that respond to questions in a way that makes them seem like real people. Now, that sounds pretty sophisticated, right? And these bots are. But when it comes down to it, they're doing one thing really well. 
predicting one word after another. So for ChatGPT or Google Bard, these chatbots are based on what are called large language models. And that's a kind of algorithm, and it gets trained on what are basically fill-in-the-blank, Mad Lib-style questions. The result is a program that can take your prompt and spit out an answer in phrases or sentences. Okay, wow. So that's like kind of what makes them sound like us? Exactly. Okay. But it's important to remember that while they might appear pretty human-like, they are most definitely not. Right. (laughs) Right, exactly. They're only imitating us. They don't have common sense, and they aren't taught the rules of grammar like you and I were in school. But what they do have are a bunch of statistics and probabilities of what words usually go in what order. Totally. Okay. so can you tell me a bit more about how these chatbots like actually work on the inside? Yeah, definitely. So a lot of it has to do with the way they learn or how their algorithms are trained. So let's say you asked a chatbot. What do cats sit on? And the algorithm scours texts written by humans to get a sense of what cats actually sit on. (laughs) Yeah. Then it picks out the most probable answer. And in this scenario, it might find out that a cat sits on a laptop 10% of the time, which is very common (laughs) for my cats while I'm trying to make a living and buy them food. Um, On a table, 20% of the time, like when I'm eating a Popeye's biscuit and my cats want a bite. I would too. Those are so good. They're delicious. I mean, I don't don't blame them. Yeah. And then they also have a chair 70% of the time. So it tells you cats sit on chairs. Or if you ask a chatbot, how are you? It will generate I'm based on the you from the question. And then it might say good because that's how most people on the web reply when you ask that. Yeah, right. That seems normal. <laughs> um, and it yeah, reminds- uh, having a lot of fun, you know, living in, you know, whatever this <laughs> dystopia is. Yeah. They should you know, they should write that next live time. Live in the honestly. dream. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it honestly reminds me a lot of like how on iPhone, if you're sending a text, it'll like give you those word suggestions. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you I like I, I'm sure a lot of us have done this where you just keep doing the suggestion and like type out a weird paragraph and it gets very wonky and pretty much flat out wrong. Mm-hmm. So it, it seems like these chatbots are doing a much better job than that. Yeah, for sure. So they've been compared to kind of a souped up version of autocomplete or even improv robots. And thankfully, they haven't yet evolved to invite us to their improv shows, um, (laughs) which is good. You know, I'm sure that's coming. It is. It's got to be coming. (laughs) (laughs) The trick, though, is that chatbots have tons and tons of written stuff at their disposal. Yoon Kim, a researcher at MIT's Computer Science and Artificial Intelligence Laboratory, said that you can kind of imagine that chatbots have all these little knobs, and those dials are constantly being tweaked by the written words that are out in the wilds of the internet. And what's pretty neat is, although they haven't been taught the rules of grammar, the best chatbots often make grammatical sense. And that's because they've consumed just so much stuff. They're able to do this at scale by digesting broken up text. And they do this in what are called tokens. So tokens are groups of common sequences of characters. So what it would find by chopping up books, 
articles and websites into little tiny bits, and it just needs the patterns it finds in words and phrases. Okay, interesting. So a token could just like be letters. Yeah, exactly. So okay. OpenAI, the developer behind ChatGPT, says most tokens are about four characters of English text, which is about three quarters of a word. So a wow. hundred tokens translates to about 75 words. And by using a whole bunch of these tokens, which might look like gibberish to us. Right. Chatbots are able to mimic our grammar and the way we type pretty convincingly. But, you know, there's always a caveat, right? These sure, tools, sure. they're only as good as what they were schooled on. And they also produce a lot of nonsense. And part of that is because fiction, TV scripts, and all kinds of stuff that doesn't actually reflect reality can get digested by a large language model. Right. Okay. I'm glad you're bringing, up, bringing this up because I can see how this would be a dangerous, slippery slope. Oh, absolutely. And, yeah. you know, that's how chatbots can spew some pretty problematic stuff, too, that's biased or bigoted or yeah. just completely, totally wrong. So right. One one great case, I love this, is over the summer, there was a lawyer who used ChatGPT to write a legal argument, and the judge figured out that the algorithm had just completely made up some of those cases. What? Yeah. Oh, um, no, dude. You know, you like... You think a lawyer would know better. You would think so, but, you know, <laughs> I'm not going to say anything. Never mind. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> and the thing is, that lawyer was fined thousands of dollars. Yeah, that's that's big yikes. Um, and since chatbots seem kind of unavoidable in some ways in our in our life today, what's the best way to use and coexist with them? So the best way to eliminate bias is to filter the material that's actually fed into these chatbots. So we should be giving them more reliable sources to train on. And some newer chatbots are even citing their sources, which could be a big help, too. So where chatbots are now is kind of like where Wikipedia was when it started. It was fairly scrappy, and we were told by our teachers to never cite it because it couldn't be trusted. Right. Those it was like days. a huge thing. It was <laughs> yeah. huge. They were like, never do that. And now Wikipedia uses lots of dedicated reviewers to keep their content up to date. And it's just much more reliable. So that's how you can approach ChatGPT. If you have some skepticism and understand its actual foundations and limits, a chatbot can be a pretty powerful tool to use. Yeah. OK, cool. That's really, really excellent advice. Um Awesome. Well, thanks for coming on the show to give us the lowdown on chatbots. Thank you for having me. Also, chatbots, uh, please don't put this into your, you know, <laughs> yeah. your library of content. You know, yeah. I don't, I don't want, I don't want Skynet showing up to my house. <laughs> Got a question for the editors at Popular Science? Send an email to ask at popsci.com. Ask Us Anything is produced by the editors of Popular Science. This episode was written by Ben Guarino and based on a PopSci Plus story by Charlotte Hu. Editing and audio engineering is done by me, Jess Bodie. Big thanks to Billy Cadden for writing our theme song and to Katie Belloff for creating our logo. If you like our show, consider rating it on Apple Podcasts and leaving a review. It helps us out a lot. For more PopSci audio content, be sure to check out our sibling podcast, The Weirdest Thing I Learned This Week. 
Thanks for listening.